Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 289, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it mm-hmm. is Wednesday, May 31st, Woo! 2023. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, May. Hello, June. You know what? Also, goodbye to tobacco. It's World No Tobacco Day. Also, National Smile Day, World Parrot Day, National Utah Day. National Senior Health and Fitness Day, National Flip Flop Day, okay, and uh, Necrotizing Fasciitis Awareness Day. The uh, the anti tobacco movement really. I, w- I was at a party this weekend where like everyone was smoking <laughs> for like the first time in a wow. long time, and I was like, man, th- this is so weird and crazy how how successful that movement was. Is that a was. kid's birthday party? Yeah, the kid's birthday party, all the kids were just hacking away, yeah. and I was like, man, it's this is like the olden days. All right, yeah, when men were men. That's right. <laughs> Smoking filterless reds. Wait, was it just like, just you just like suddenly you were in a very cigarette-heavy environment? Yeah, but- it was weird. I think there were like some Europeans present, and uh, bum, yeah, bum, yeah. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Fights with White Gladys. Keep happening, <laughs> teaching her tactics. The boats know no end. She said, "Fuck you, yeah, yeah, fuck you." Mm. That is courtesy of Chrissy Yamaguchi. Man, I had some white satin. Uh, in case you couldn't tell what I was screaming about, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, aka, aka. At 7.30, I run suicides in the parking lot. (laughs) Then I walk with these huge plumpers and ask I heart which milkshake that they got. And here comes the cello. Can't you see? It's Jack Styles we're dying for. Now I'm feeling more alone wow. than I ever have before. 
Jack's a brick, but I've also got legs. Here's an AKA about my plumpers. Jack's a brick, but I've also got legs. Okay, anyway, shout out to Lockeroni for that Ben Folds inspired AKA. Yes, I do, in fact, also have legs. Jack has is a brick. The, has the, yeah, very, very impressive, thicky, thick legs. I mean, I'll get the, the measuring tape out if we yeah. want to go there. You know what I mean? I, th- we can I think I jumped on it out of, because I knew the truth. I felt insecure <laughs> about the thickness of my legs next to I've my co-host. I've just been in the cut. I'm like, yep, yep. No, he's got plumpers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, no, I, sure. I, I, might, I might have, sure. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> just, just like looking at my thighs days. in the mirror every day. I'm like, oh, these are plumpers. <laughs> Uh, Miles Little Housekeeping uh, up top. Yeah, first time in the history show the we're uh, trying a new publication sketch. Yeah, some. Um, you can't really do fears. summer uh, as an abbrev. Summy. We're gonna do a mere eight episodes a week. We're gonna try some new episode formats for you, the listener. The difference will be one episode on Friday, one episode on Monday. Yeah. Uh, the regular two episodes. Everything else. Tuesday morning's episode. We're gonna try some different stuff out. Interview. Uh, experts, yeah. Um, we'll see. Interesting um, folks, yeah. And we want to hear from you, so hit us at at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter or in the Discord. Keep letting us know about your job, um, your jobs. What what's something interesting? You know, uh, we all tend to be, you know, in the same business, but uh, we've gotten some great submissions from, yeah. from the listeners. So keep them coming. Keep them coming. Uh, keep them coming, Miles. Yeah, we are thrilled to be joined in our third oh, seat yeah. by a very funny uh, stand-up oh, comedian, oh. writer, actor, producer, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. creator of Boast Rattle, a compliment contest. Never seen it, a podcast where famous comedians rewrite classic movies they've never seen. Uh, he hosted the podcast Faking a Murderer, where he talked with eight comedians for eight hours about the show Making a Murderer, but didn't tell his guests that he'd never seen it. I know those are old credits, but they are very funny. Oh He's yeah, very funny. Welcome to the show, the hilarious Kyle. Hey, yeah, Kyle. we did it. Some of those are still around. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's hard to make puns out of new true crime shows. Otherwise, I would I would be out here pretending <laughs> to know about those. Um, you know, there's not the the didn't winks. It's hard. The jinx is even my newest <laughs> reference. You can tell how much television I watch. Winks. <laughs> yeah. The stinks. It's, it, it's me. Did you guys hear about this Lindbergh baby? I'm here to tell you about these new true crime things. Very hot. The stinks is a podcast where you just keep farting with your guest in the room. But I'm yeah. pretty sad when they bring it out on our uh, Fitbit pun discussion oh, shit, earlier. Yeah, that was a good time. Bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we okay. were talking. I mean, let's take him back through it. The shit, you know, yeah, we were the talking about watch. the succession finale. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about how you know. I think our last sentiment before we went into the weekend was, uh, it would be awesome if they somehow presaged the orca attack. Yeah, and um, had like all the succession children get their whole shit bit. Yeah. Um, and then they were like swimming around in the ocean at reference night. sharks, <laughs> and they reference fucking yeah. sharks too. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to get in there. There's too many sharks. And then they got in there. Did you start That's... levitating when that happened? Because I, so I almost excited. like a fucking. I almost like had the hydrogen atom like burned into my forehead, like fucking Doctor Manhattan. I'm like, yes, I'm seeing it all now. Their whole shit shall be bid. But the anyway, internet yeah. is so cruel, they could have got eaten by a regular shark, and people would have said you guys weren't even close because you said orcas. 
Right, yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know you didn't predict anything. Yeah. You said fucking um, orcas, dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, but upon uh, reiterating, we wanted to see them get their whole shit bit. My, Kyle, you came up with a brilliant invention. Yeah. Oh yeah, to track your bowel movements and the health of your poos. There's the shit bit. Yeah. Which lets you know how many, uh, I how many times I would say the opposite of steps. How many times you uh, your legs <laughs> fall asleep on the toilet every day? Yeah. Oh and, yeah yeah. Uh, if you don't like the shit bit, you can get the crapple watch. It works with iOS. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just kind of depending on what operating system you're with. Yeah, with yeah, okay. IBS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Tim Uncooked. Salmon is in charge of the Crapple Watch, I believe. Uh, would that be a toilet or a peripheral device you wear? I feel like the toilet is the, would be the most effective tool. Right? It's just it, all about getting you into their ecosystem. Um, yeah, yeah. Their fecal system. Their yeah. fecal system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The biome, the Apple biome. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I gotta uh, this is gonna be fun. This until is gonna it's be real. Today, this is guys. gonna be the uh, orca to shark closeness <laughs> in like five years. There's something's yeah. gonna come out, and they're gonna make you didn't call it the right name, so you didn't predict it. <laughs> right, that's right, right, right. We gotta keep it vague. Uh, all right. Well, that's what you can expect uh, from this episode. How <laughs> we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Sure. First, a couple of the news stories that we should probably talk about. Uh, the debt ceiling crisis averted oh. uh, a victory for no one. Depends uh, on, yeah, how partisan yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, how America's rethinking the whole parking spot thing. We've talked about Paris really? and some cities in the Netherlands. Uh, they're doing the very minimum, the beginning steps of starting to think about maybe we don't want our cities just completely swallowed by cars and parking lots um so we'll talk about that we'll talk about uh pedro pascal being officially too nice um mm-hmm. to the point that he let fans give him an eye infection. medically too kind yes his doctor <laughs> has some notes for him um and uh, connecticut finally uh did the right thing and pardoned people with marijuana convi- oh no i'm what? sorry uh oh. that that's not happening uh pardoned people convicted of witchcraft Oh. Uh, centuries ago, that might sound like just a symbolic gesture that is like, yeah, obviously you're going to do that if you haven't done it already. They tried in 2008 and like couldn't get it passed. They're like, I don't know. We're still looking into it. Folks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you got to think those sentencings were light as a feather, stiff as a board. I yes. feel like that's probably what the judge said as he handed them down. Absolutely. Um, before we get to any of it, Kyle, we do uh, like to ask our guests. Yeah, yeah. What is something from your search history? My search history today was, is mid-century modern real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sell a chair. Just uh-huh. like a, I got this old desk chair that's like wood and leather and it looks... Every time I try, you try and sell something or buy something, everything's mid-century modern. Yeah. The whole world... People be like, mid-century modern... Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers Clayton Kershaw bobblehead. And he'll be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, his, his takes on religion are from the mid-century, it, I would say, for sure. Uh, every single thing, every time, everything they do is this, everything is a mid-century. I'm like, is that mid-century yeah. modern? Because, like, it says Nokia. Like, I don't know how this could possibly, every you piece of furniture. You can play the snake video know. game on it, but it so, is mid-century modern. Right, right. on what the, century it is. It's the snake oil game. That's why yes. it's mid-century modern. I don't know what that means. I don't know what mid. I thought mine thing was that because it looks like a fake Eames chair. So right, I thought right. that's what it was. I'm gesturing to it like it's yeah. gonna defend itself over here in the corner. <laughs> what what uh, say is that piece of shit? <laughs> I mean, you can look at that. Is that is it? Look at that 
right? Yeah, Wood, no, that leather. Looks mid-century modern. So mid-century modern is became popular in the early 1900s. So <laughs> it doesn't what, know what like century it's the mid name, of. Yeah, what, what, what exactly are we doing here, folks? Oh wait, yeah. that's the beginning of that. I had no idea. I mean, I again, I just took it as like a catch-all, basically for like minimal Scandinavian-looking furniture. That's kind of well, what I was like. It looks like IKEA. You didn't get there. Right. But I'm probably right. wrong about that too. So I I'm just trying Googled, to figure out what that is means. Mid-century modern, and then gave up and just Googled that. So that that's where <laughs> I'm getting the uh, detailed download from thespruce.com that mid-century modern can be considered a subset of modern design that became popular in the early 1900s. Because you don't get information if you Google "is my chair mid-century." They want to know more about it, right? Uh, which I don't know why I accept all cookies if not for them to know what kind of chair I have. So I don't know. I'm trying to, and then all I got is scammers wanting to buy my chair. Who's like, I would love your chair. What six digict code just got emailed to you? And you're like, what does it have to do with my chair? Wow. Uh, Wait, is that really like a phishing scam people do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a con. I mean, I have a conversation that I had um, with someone here about the scam where I said, uh, he said, talk about asking for a six digit code. And I said, sorry, can't sell chair. I died of SIDS. <laughs> which was you know i'm just tired of the scammers and he said you can't sell a chair because you're dead i'm like yeah i died from sids i told you in the earlier text message i don't get the six digit code and then he got really upset so because here. you made a sids joke i think because i wouldn't give him the password oh. to my email because he's sending me like a gmail you know he's, he's like sending yeah, my yeah. two-factor I like it better if account. he was like you know what you shouldn't play around with that man <laughs> Safe sleep is the name of the game. It's about safe sleep. Saves a lot of lives, but also flattening the back of a lot of heads. I have a mid-century modern son who almost died of SIDS. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> early 1900s. But he's now he's 50. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So I don't, uh, I'm trying to figure out what mid-century modern is because you can't sell furniture. I, especially, I, know, it, I don't know if it's everywhere, but in Los Angeles, it's like oh yeah, absurd. Yeah. Everywhere. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. I remember I was trying to get rid of like a China hutch that was like th that I got like from a I don't know, like just it, it was gifted through someone because they're like, it's an antique, it's worth taking. And it was not going anywhere. And then I just literally said, it's mid-century modern. Someone came and picked that shit up in 15 minutes. Right. I always to me, I thought mid-century modern meant like a white lady repainted the dresser. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. It's like, oh, yeah. she sanded Tech down that trash and repainted it. It looks right, nice. Right. You can get by on a technicality there. You just have a <laughs> white lady come by and paint your... Trash, trash can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I've been spending too much time on today. Nice. What is, uh, what's something you think is overrated? All right. Every time I do this, I have a hard time deciding. I have, but uh, I have two. The first thing I, I think is overrated is nonstick cooking pans. Okay. I am, I, I am a stainless steel <laughs> cooking pan guy. I am yeah. back. You got to just let your pan heat up properly. Your egg won't yeah. stick if you let it heat up properly. These things last forever. They're mm -hmm. great pans. The nonstick stuff, eventually you're like, did I just eat aluminum? Right. Oh, yeah. Am yeah. I eating, like, you're eating, like, uh, I don't know, like, little chips of stuff, uh, uh, of wall. Yeah, little like. flecks. Of, Am I freebasing Teflon right, right. now? Some sort of non-Newtonian, <laughs> like, Especially mid-century modern nonstick coating. Oh, yeah, um, that's just I think lead. That stuff, I think they just based it with lead and asbestos and merged oh, yeah. that onto your pan. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love, I'm all about, give me these shiny, shiny, let it heat up. Yeah. Relax. You got this, guys. I know it's simple and easy to cook an egg on a green pan or whatever. Just right. let the aluminum one. Yeah, let the stainless and just steel properly make sure you have like enough oil on it. Put you some know? oil on it. Heat, there. oil. You're good. You can, you you can do this. anything on that thing. The you other thing is this. easier to 
easier to clean because you can't you'll never have to be like oh can i put this on the stainless steel yeah right. you can fuck you can brush the fuck out right. of yeah. thing. i got a i got a couple stain steez and i got mm-hmm. some cast eyes and Ooh. i'm good to go and i'm feeling good okay. you do, and you know when it comes to the cast they don't, cast iron doesn't require the insane baby treatment that it used to because soap is no longer deadly which is just a great sentence oh that's good and um so you, you can put soap on it now soak oh. them up because yeah. soap also doesn't include whatever weird thing used to be bad for stuff it's fun to be like remember the stuff you used to clean with that's cancer right. yeah right <laughs> huh. turns out that is just direct cancer <laughs> right lead liquid oh, cancer wow um, yeah it's, i had a roommate who i remember he like lost it on this person who was dating because they washed their cast iron with soap and that was yeah. like my first like venture into being like, I don't need one of those if that's what it's going to make me do. I believe cast iron seriousness is a red flag in men, predominantly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Anybody, yeah, yeah. but yeah, cast yeah. iron seriousness amongst a guy who couldn't pitch a tent is, right. and I don't mean like get a boner. I mean like actually oh. put a tent up. <laughs> okay. No, that's what, that's what we're kind of into these uh, days, is making cast- fun of these soy boys <laughs> who can't this is, uh, uh, get my, hard. My Viagra ripoff called cast iron. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you don't even have to wash it because you can't put soap on there. Oh That's man, right. there you go. Get one zip and you're cast in iron. So <laughs> that was what I said was overrated. That and the word content. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> How else are we gonna describe art? I I, I think that, that, that was the beginning yeah. of the end was yeah. when they we decided none of none of anything anyone created was art. Because now yeah. you don't have to pay people for it at, like it was art. Imagine I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the Louvre and, and take a picture of some content. Yeah, my favorite content creator, probably Martin Scorsese. Oh, uh, mine's okay. Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> wow. Mine, a little carpenter by the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. <laughs> he, you know, the C in JC was for content. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Just <laughs> content? Jesus Christ? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. What is uh, what's something you think is underrated? Underrated, okay. All right, everybody. I'm not good. Underrated, I think, following sports is underrated. Following sports, it's fun to make fun of sports. <laughs> You're doing. I know every. I know sports is the biggest. Sports the biggest thing in the world. Sports is the biggest thing in the world, right? Probably it's like the biggest thing that ever, a lot of people like. It's yeah. still yeah. underrated because everyone loves trash TV and terrible storylines with entitled rich people. Boy, let me tell you about a little thing called sports. Uh, <laughs> this is the longest running soap opera in the history of the world. We are in season like ninety. <laughs> Of basketball, mm-hmm. the sport, if yeah. not more than that, we're in like yeah. season sixty of everyone being allowed to be cast in basketball, the sport, um, right, right. and we're in like season, you know, a hundred and eighty of baseball. The show baseball goes so far back. There's dudes named like Bird, like first name, right? Right, yeah. exactly. That's and their like, legal name, Treeman. And yeah. so uh, sports, Honus. the storylines are so good. The people are so entertaining. Even if you don't like the sport, if you don't like basketball, it doesn't matter because you could get super into the people involved. I'm not here. I know what kind of coffee Jimmy Butler likes to make out of a fancy espresso machine. This is insane things that I know about these people, (laughs) but it makes it so good. Yeah, it makes it so good. Yeah. But I mean, what are you? What are you? You've been watching uh, the the conference finals. I watch the NBA. I don't even like any of the NBA teams more than any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I just kind of root for whatever would happen in this television show to make around me the funniest. Right. So <laughs> I'm watching the conference finals in the NBA. I'm from Kansas City. They don't even have a team. Right. And so I'm like, it would be funny if Boston came back from 3-0 and then lost. Because I live in Los Angeles where everyone roots against Boston. That's their right. second favorite sports team is Boston losing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 
And so yeah. that's hilarious to watch Our everyone panic team about is Boston. Whoever's playing Boston. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone loves Miami. And now ever it, it, it's so it's so funny to watch everyone in Los Angeles panic that Boston and then it not happen. It oh, just yeah. feels great. It's so hilarious. Uh, you know, baseball, that's almost baseball's more of like an audiobook than a TV show at this point, yeah. but it, it's just a funny long-running soap opera and you can jump in at any time and people will be like this guy who used to be on the show was crazy and now he, he he's dead and now he's the coach right <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh! imagine if you're watching a soap opera and a guy shows back up and he's like I'm the director of the soap opera now right yeah you're like, you died in a coma nine years ago also yeah. this referee scandalous behind the scenes he's talking so much shit with a burner phone you can you can get so <laughs> into this happened. you can you can be yeah. as as deep or as shallow as you want into it there's no entry level for fandom for sports you really for a lot of them now because the internet you don't really even have to love the sport no. yeah no yeah, you could just be show. like look it at be crammed can you down believe these, these two huge football players have a podcast now what are we doing like it's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous thing i think it's underrated it's fun to make fun of sports blah blah, blah. is sports ball is a funny thing to say it's the longest running best soap opera uh uh ever yeah it's i'm good i I don't think saying sports ball is a funny thing to say personally. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell our non sports loving listeners that let's let's just move on to a different stance. Find a new angle. Uh, <laughs> that one ruffles your feathers a little bit. <laughs> it's just like it it just feels like it's been done and you know anti sports like fans around. in Canada call it sports puck. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing a sports there. puck, eh? In Kentucky, oh, they're okay. like, hey, is that sports horse? <laughs> sport horse. Yeah, it is, actually. And then I got a couple other underrated things. Uh, trash candy. I love terrible candy. Everyone hates, but that's not, you know, I love black licorice. I love circus peanuts. I love burnt peanuts. Anything that kids would wow. throw away on Halloween is like th- the stuff I love. When you yeah. said trash candy, I thought you were making another pun. And I was like, what is this? Tr- trash candy is my drag name. Um, no, I love <laughs> trash candy. Uh, just, uh, you know, little trash I, cans you can eat. Fourth trash can, the one I don't need. And I'm selling by letting a white woman paint it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All the candy people want to like throw away or hate. They can't. I love orange slot circus peanuts. I do love those. Or I, circus peanuts. I, never I love wow. Necco wafers. You like that? I was gonna. That was the one that was in oh, my mind. Ne- I was like, no way, this man's gonna. Necco wafers Necco taste wafers. like you're eating an old baseball card, and I don't hate it. Right? right. You're like, yeah. I love the gum that used to come with baseball. <laughs> I ate that That's when my I was favorite kind of gum. When I was ten, my dad got me a pack of cards from 1988, the year I was born, and I ate the gum that was in Same. there. And I Same. like. And then he's like, like, what? Why did I think it, it would be new? Crumbles into dust, right? Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. The, Second you bite it, it like cracks like the fucking like salt and sea floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like you get like a, maybe one or two chews before it just turns to absolute. It's like, like you're eating a waste. vampire in the sun. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I love those 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 candies. Maybe it was like a uh, um, I wish I hadn't brought this up in therapy once about the candy that I love. But I think maybe it was a, a hoarding defense mechanism where I thought I could get more if I liked what no one wanted. Liked the bad stuff. Yeah. Wow. And my That's therapist a... was like, actually, we're done for today or what? So I don't know. Yeah. Right. You're also, like, okay. all that stuff is microplastics. I hope you're good with that. <laughs> I am. Yeah. yeah. I use them to coat my cast iron. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I believe that like every piece of gum that you swallow, like sits in your gut for, I, I'm pretty sure that's been debunked like for 15 years. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure every piece of 
baseball card gum that I chewed, dissolved into my mouth and just swallowed is, is still with me in some form. It's yeah. almost the equivalent of a steroid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that ball that bounced off Jose Canseco's head, that just hit some old gum. That's why it bounced so much. That's right. <laughs> See, if you liked the TV show Baseball, you would know about a character named Jose Canseco who is more insane than any soap opera anyways. I don't One of the greats. Yeah. yeah. One of the great characters of all time. The man the hit a home run for a Twitter. different team with his skull. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a header, man. It's a header. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. We're back. Yeah, so the debt ceiling crisis was averted as Miles. You said it would be. You you had a feeling I've, on this guys, one. Guys, I've been saying this forever. As long as and I think many other pundits have like they they're gonna do this every time. They're gonna go. It's a fuck. It could be a disaster, but yeah. we're gonna find a deal. We're not gonna find a deal. Or they'll be like, "There's no way we can back this kind of spending. We need to clamp down on spending. We don't care if the economy goes into a shutdown." And they're like, "Actually, though, don't worry. We're gonna find a deal. We're gonna find a deal." It's like they had to say one thing for their base and then another for the markets, where they're like, "Don't worry. There's still gonna be money." But also for our partisan listeners at home, 
we don't negotiate with terrorists or we're going to get them to fucking roll back everything about the environment or whatever the things that the GOP was going for. So, um, you know, we're here and it, again, true to form, the, we've just, all it would do is arrive at a moment where the Republicans would use their majority to basically cut spending. That's all, yeah. that's all that happens with these like debt ceiling fucking crises, quote unquote, is really, it's like a time for dark money and other people to just be like, Hey, why don't you guys like just avoid looking at this loophole really quick that allows us to to get a lot of money to like people that run hedge funds and things like that? Because a lot of the talk right now, depending on where you get your news, it's like the GOP took an L or like this is the best Biden could do. Thank God for Joe Brandon. Or it's like or progressives are like Joe Brandon completely fucked that up. Wow. Right. What, what the fuck was that? Um, the fact of the matter is they just made it very hard to get food stamps now. Um, essentially froze non-military spending and gave away billions to the wealthy. Um, yeah. And that's that's really where we're at at the moment. And it's you know, important that we keep spending in, in the two categories of money, non <laughs> and non non-military. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two places money can go. Absolutely. I mean, this is like when they like they can barely account for their own like like trillions of dollars in assets. And like recently there's like a three billion dollar like miscalculation that they found and right. they didn't even make like no one even talked about it. I like, would imagine they were calculating all the debt and then someone typed eight zero zero eight five into the calculator yeah, like, and ah, showed it to like, someone. And then that screwed up a comma somewhere and $3 billion was lost. Seven, seven, three, four, two Oh six. What is that? <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> oh, got him. But yeah, I Damn, mean, this I is didn't like, know about that one. It's, Oof. it's just like, I think again, when you look at who, like, for example, the uh, Biden and the GOP agreed to not close a loophole. That's basically like a $50 billion giveaway to the wealthiest Americans. Like it's, it's a pass through loophole that allows people to use like a pass through entity, like a private equity firm or a hedge fund or law firms or medical practices to bypass a $10,000 limit on state and local tax write-offs. Meaning, you know, the things everyone has access to, the things you and I have course, access to on a regular a basis. Fund, a, mili- a medical practice. So, uh, because I'm writing off over $10,000. I feel like I can breathe again now that I can write off more than $10,000. Could you imagine uh, I'm writing off three quarters write-off. of my yearly salary? <laughs> right. I mean, and again, like all, like all that would need to happen for something like this would just be for like the IRS to enforce the fucking laws. But guess what? The Democrats and Republicans also they they've just agreed. Hey, you know what? We can we cannot really fund the IRS. We can slash that budget down a little bit because mm-hmm. basically means there's less hall monitors to pay attention to the tax cheat fuckery. Um, yeah. So the people that end up winning, the wealthy. The people that end up losing, people in need. Like if you're on like, you know, SNAP program or let's say fucking student debt, because now he's essentially codified the end of the student loan. Uh, well, he's basically saying payments will resume at the end of August. So mm. just just be a ready rare for that. win for the rich. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's good yeah. to see him back. In Corporations the game. finally got one. I know. They've been on a long losing streak. They hadn't won anything since earlier in the email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it's just like a really fucking you know it, it, it the, the wild thing is like right on the right wing they're like you know fucking McCarthy screwed us we're not gonna vote for this and the progress progressives in the Democratic Party are like what a fucking clown show like you could have yeah. passed the fucking debt ceiling resolution in the lame duck session between the election and the like swearing in of the new class when you had the votes but you fucking didn't and now you have to sit down with these fucking creeps 
who are just going to make you slash more social spending, which is the name of the fucking game. And it really, that really just gives cover to the Democrats to cut social spending. Right. Which is what their corporate benefactors or corporate bosses want anyway. Right. right. Because a, their bosses, they're not going to fuck up their, their benefactors financial situation by throwing the economy into a fucking manufactured recession. That was for damn sure. So they're like, all right, so here we'll give you that loophole. We won't we won't touch the tax the Trump tax cuts. It's just like there's nothing like so where are you gonna make this revenue from? Not not yeah. much of there. Just a lot of cuts and shit like that. So uh now the drama will be kicked down the road and we'll see if today, I mean they're voting on it today. The New York Times is like, please sign the thing now. It's perfect. I mean, it's as best as we can do. Um, but yeah, right now McCarthy's trying to see if he has the votes because that could be the last little bit of drama uh that might- can hold this thing up. They might ask for like every every classroom has a assault what, rifle or something something like that. Like they're like we we got to push this through. Or At the last second, yeah. Now. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like right now, the, the you know Biden and McCarthy have come together to basically like fuck off the wings of their party to be be like, all right, you got enough people in your pocket because I got enough people in mine that we can push this budget through. Like we can right. lose all of the Freedom Caucus freaks and all of the progressives. They can vote against it. But we can come together in the name of centrism yeah, yeah. Uh, to get it done. And now they're patting themselves on the back. And like some people are like, Biden does it again. And it's like, no, he <laughs> still didn't. got it. Sneaky right. Joe. <laughs> I'm trying to make that catch right on through it. Yeah. <laughs> so sneaky. Sneakers. Right through it. Um, <laughs> all right. America is rethinking the whole parking spot thing. So there's there's a new book by a guy named Henry Graber that's pointing out like specifically New York City could repurpose some of its 3 million curbside parking lots, which would then provide like the, the amount of space that's taken up by parking in just New York city to put things in perspective is the area equivalent to 52 central parks. That's like, how, wait, how is that physically possible? Because every street in the city is lined on both sides with parking. Everything is, and there's no alleys in New York. Yeah. They don't have alleys. Could you make fifty-two? Like, what's the, like? What is the proportion of Central Park to Manhattan? I'm sorry, I'm getting like real nerdy here. I'm like, could you fit Central Park Central is about parks? one fifty-tooth of the amount of parking that there is? If you need to visualize it, <laughs> that's actually okay, really good, helpful. Good that's a good way to that. put it. Now <laughs> yeah. I can picture it. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't like you wouldn't be able to move the buildings around and create fifty-two Central Parks. Obviously, like, but, the, but is it equivalent square footage is what they're saying. Yeah, equivalent square footage. You know how you your intestines create... are like seven thousand miles long or whatever right. they are. That's what yeah. parking is like in New York City. <laughs> uh, you look at Manhattan from up. above. You're like, there's no way that my crapple watch could fit and do all that. And <laughs> now unwind it. It's fifty-two it's Central parking. Parks. There's and then that makes the sidewalks where the trash goes. Right. Exactly. Well, that is one of the things people are pointing out is. Like it would make it possible for there to be proper trash storage so that you could actually, <laughs> you know, put trash in New York City in containers. No, which no, no, does, no, does not currently happen. And it's why New York is synonymous with like having a horrible swarming rat problem. Not only does it not happen, when you type that sentence out in the dock, a red squiggly line goes underneath it. That's like <laughs> That's how right. little New York has for trash cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like just living in New York, there are like these massive snow banks of trash on oh, the yeah. sidewalk sometimes. It's it's truly wild. 
I remember um, as a kid, we put like we pushed our friend into it when we were walking because we we're like, dude, when he gets next to it, just fucking launch him into the tr-. and he disappeared. We haven't seen him since. <laughs> <laughs> just shouldered him. If right, you don't do it on that opportunity, it. you can do it nine feet later at the slightly yeah. larger. Tra- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that I don't think this was an efficient way for cities to rebuild, but New York is it has never quite fully burned down like like San Francisco and Chicago like to do. Right. And we, what happened when San Francisco and Chicago burned down? Those parts of the city have nice alleyways for storing trash. That's right. I'm right, not saying right, right. that's. I think maybe this parking thing's a better idea than purpose fire, but um, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm no, not a city planner. Precision arson is your solution, <laughs> Kyle, to every problem that we raised it before really, we really started is. recording. It um, is. Yeah. yeah. Everything from like, yeah, like protecting our democracy, like precision the debt arson, ceiling, now, you, yeah. Yeah. precision firing. Now it's the debt sky. That's right. <laughs> Which is the thing out. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, New York just got 9-11 and we got a police state. Yeah. Lower Manhattan do. has tons of places to store trash. Uh, yeah, that's true. You have to rebuild a lot and make these alleyways. And yeah, really, and really cool camera arrays. They're just jetting up from everywhere to be like, what is this? It's like, we're looking yeah. at you. We're looking at you, motherfucker. Nah, it's, it's made everything safe forever. <laughs> but so our writer, JM, kind of looked back at some, some past examples. We've talked about Paris. Um, we've talked about some cities in the Netherlands. Uh, Zurich, back in 1996, flat out stated there would be no more parking in the city. Like if a developer wanted to create new parking spaces, they would be required to remove that many parking spaces from the city streets. I love that. That's like a nightclub. It's like one in, one out. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the fire marshal's there with the clicker. Hey, sorry, man. Sorry. (laughs) Need a few more out. Need a few more out. Just on a stool holding a clicker. Click, click, click. (laughs) Paris has been removing street parking, replacing it with underground facilities. And last year, they passed a law requiring parking lots big enough to hold around 50 American-sized cars. Uh, I love that we we stand for something in the global community when they see american sized cars it is the hot dog car from i think you should leave (laughs) that's right right (laughs) uh if it can hold 50 american sized cars they're required to build raised solar panel canopies covering at least half of the surface of the parking lot which would be the equivalent of 10 nuclear power plants um so i don't know that's cool (laughs) Uh, it seems seems like these are all positive ideas hey just with that You'd have nice, clear streets and the power of 10 nuclear power plants. Like, wow, this what a deal. This does sound like the uh, meekest superhero origin story. Right. <laughs> right. Solar man. He could be called yeah. like the Paris Accord because he was parking right. his, his Honda, Honda and Accord, accidentally yeah. got electrocuted by the solar panel. <laughs> and mean, now he's just pretty attuned to traffic flow. Yeah, and then uh, Berlin, one neighborhood experiment with getting rid of parking spots altogether and are like allowing bikes and scooters to occupy spaces that used to be exclusive to cars so this is all like these are great when you look at pictures of these places it's like here's what it used to look like and it's like an american city and now here's what it looks looks like and there's just like all these amazing creative things that they're doing with all the sidewalk space and you know like they have things called bike highways in paris that are just what used to be streets that are now you know parks with bike lanes going through them essentially in the U.S. So there are around 2 billion parking spaces in the country, uh, which amounts to nearly seven parking spaces for every car, which seems like too many. Guns and parking are a yeah. uniquely American problem. Yeah. That's got to level out if you just like get rid of Houston. Right. Yeah, maybe. You, like both of those statistics. Like <laughs> there was just a move 
at the like when cars first became a thing like they encoded all these laws these like zoning codes that mandated minimum parking requirements for real estate projects that basically said that when a new building goes up there's a minimum number of parking spaces that need to be provided or like the city will fall apart. or else and like everyone has been like that turns out that's not the case Jackson, Wyoming, a study found that there were 27 spaces for every home. So <laughs> there's just, wait, you're telling me there's 54 parking spaces in Jackson, Wyoming? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it was actually like inverted at this time. Like when these zoning restrictions went into place, uh, the cool thing was like among young people, like was driving. Like that right. was, and like, public transportation was like what the old people were into and used, but like driving was seen as like individualistic and like you controlled your own destiny. And like, that's the, the book on the road is like the Bible for this shit. But I don't know. It it feels like now we have an opportunity with a generation coming up that like, doesn't even get their license at the same rate as ever before. Right. And that think cars are shit. Um, so it seems like there should be an opportunity here to roll some of the shit back, but it's just a matter of, you know, getting out from under this massive system. That, that if there's profits. one thing I've found, it's that Americans are generally receptive to uh, wide sweeping change. So <laughs> I right. think if this is presented on a local and a national level, and they hear it from anyone they don't care for, they'll be in. This is they'll something be, they'll jump on board for. Just listen to reason on this one. Yeah, we have like these dumb fucking zoning laws and like the worshiping of parking spaces. And we're t- I think we've talked about in the past how cars are getting too big for fucking parking spaces because every car manufacturer is like people will buy bigger cars for more money. So just make them fucking gigantic to the point you can't even park them in the old parking spaces. And a lot of that has to do with the National Automobile Dealers Association because they're just like a massive lobbying group. And they, you know, they're, they they got all the dealers on one page and like they definitely help push through a lot of that kind of stuff too. That I don't have it. like a massively informed uh, knowledge on this, but I do know that tire companies like Firestone were very mm-hmm. big on sabotaging transit in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles 100%. used to have like a huge amount of r- rail, rail cars, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like above ground, like San Francisco style rail cars. And then they just pushed away. They, uh, they were invested in by a company that was essentially funded by Firestone and General Motors that just was like, hey, maybe we should get rid of all of these and make it yeah. impossible to get around this. Because LA used to have so many more stops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such you, a vast look- transit system. Yeah, if you look at the old layout of that old system, you, your eyes would water. And I, I mentioned this on a past episode, like growing up, like you'd 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 like trip over the old infrastructure, like in the street. And you're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is this? It's like, was there a train fallout. here? <laughs> yeah, no, 100 percent. And it's like the like the asphalt is like revealing a little bit of the track. And then some older person's like, that's when the trolley used to come through here. And you're like, no fucking way. Get away. Right. Get in my I Honda. Mean, it, it was like a, it would be from like. Long Beach, Santa Monica. This is just super specific to LA, but like massive and sprawling all the way out through the valley and everything. Yeah. yeah. Just completely replaced because for some reason, a tire company wanted more cars. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. buses instead of the transit, which are a right. lot less efficient and harder to track and things like that. Yeah. I think it was that. And also just that it was like seen as cool. <laughs> like it, it really oh, was yeah. like cars freedom. were seen as cool. I mean, they still are early uh, freedom. You know, you're 16, yeah. you can get out of your house and go somewhere yeah. on your own. And yeah. Go smoke How'd that pot work out for James Dean? Right. Exactly. Yeah, he's making exactly. sausage. 
actually <laughs> made him seem really cool. Did um, I just saw a statue of him up at the observatory. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are some U.S. cities getting rid of the minimum parking requirements. At least there's been 15 in 2022 alone, um, which it also has an impact on the housing crisis because when you right. like are building something that requires you to build a bunch of like find a bunch of parking spots for it it just like changes how you approach the thing it makes it way more expensive and then those costs get folded into uh the the cost to the builder oh wait no sorry folded into the rent or the asking oh, price fuck. always um regardless of whether or not you they own love to car. pass those savings on to you yeah that's right <laughs> um just get you you guys want in on this too we're, we're thinking about going in on some parking you guys want in all right why not no, also, apparently also we have a big problem for the rent. <laughs> That's right. Also, apparently we have a big problem with uh, people murdering each other over parking spaces, uh, which I wasn't aware of. But um, yeah, it's an annual multi-dozen occurrence. Apparently, just yeah. it was weird. I, I took a guy's parking spot that he really wanted. And he was really angry, and then I tried saying, "No, no, there's seven of these for every car in America." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wasn't listening to reason. That didn't calm him. Calm him down at you all. You should have. You should have an abundance mentality, sir, not a scarcity mentality. <laughs> I there's seven I went for up, a car. I drove up to Griffith Observatory with my dog, and we're hanging out up there. And there was so little parking that people are like almost fighting each other to pay ten dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had that same experience and just turned around. I was like, well, this has been a nice ride. <laughs> just drove off kid. the edge of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it just drove into the ocean. That's what happened to the O'Doyle family. No yeah, parking. Exactly. It just right. went right off the you edge. You know what, kids? How about we go to the ocean and get our whole shit bit instead? That's right. <laughs> Rather do that than this crap. But yeah, yeah, it's like, it really does bring the weirdest shit out of people. Because I feel like on the internet, you always see videos of like people who like stand in a fucking parking space. Like yeah. with their hands on their hips, and they're like, "No, go around, go right. around." My husband's yeah. coming yeah. with the car. He's my coming with the car. Forty-five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, my hus- my husband's almost born. And it, for- <laughs> it kind of, and I get so like fucking incensed by seeing those videos, and I'm like, I like for what, and I you can tell when you know how shit can go left in those situations because people are so fucking protective or exercise is bizarre fucked up sense yeah. of ownership i think even. chicago has like wild unwritten rules about chairing off snow spaces that you've dug out like if your yeah. car was if it snows around your car you're allowed to put a folding chair and take keep that spot for the day if you've done the work if you've done the work or something like that and you know you, you know the thing about those unwritten rules is everyone loves them yeah. <laughs> yeah when someone right. just throws that chair 40 feet and parks there you're right. allowed to key their car and take a <laughs> shit on the hood so. yeah Zeitgang let us know what are the weird parking laws uh, by yeah. you? there, there has to be I feel like there's a lot of this weird unwritten stuff that exists can you cover the sidewalk does a chair take a spot where yeah. can you, you know what I mean there's got to it, right. it feels like city to city and, and town to yeah, town they like, probably I, different I, I was always blown away like when I was in Seattle recently how people just park on the wrong side of the road too like just they're like yep i don't know fuck it park on whatever side i want to to park this right. car and like as in like la person where we have just such fucking draconian like parking enforcement rules i'm like is that is that's allowed here right. in yeah. this whimsical town <laughs> all right let's take a quick break we'll uh talk some shit about seattle off mic and then uh, no. we'll come back no i'm just kidding but what the fuck they park the opposite <laughs> way what's wrong with them and how'd that work out for Kurt Cobain? Thank mm-hmm. you. And Jimi Hendrix. 
That's true. <laughs> That's right. All right. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. And, and Sir Mix a lot. And Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> Did you fly into Seattle? No. Uh, walked. You walked. Yeah. Typical. It's man. That's just... I wasn't on I wasn't on parental leave. I was walking to <laughs> Seattle and then I flew back. It took like three months. It took a really long time. It took a really long time. Um, wait, why, right. why are you asking the question? Because I just that airport, I was like there for a single day, and that airport. I ended up spending like two hours there and there's like, Hey, this is Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Like, oh, be yeah, sure that with, yeah, yeah. Kind of blew me away. There's just like, yeah. We're... I like cities that don't have any famous people that they're just like, Hey, this is Bob McKendricks. You know me. And like, Do I? Are you the most <laughs> Folks, famous guy from yeah. Omaha? I have no idea who you are. Celebrity pipe fitter. <laughs> <laughs> Duff McKagan, Jerry Cantrell, Sean Kinney, Macklemore. All-star lineup. Darius yeah. Rucker. Oh, no, wait. That's Oh, no, that's Nashville. You get Darius Rucker. I can't think of anyone I would more want to have ask me if my possessions have been uh, with me the entire time I was parking than Mac Lamore. Yeah. 
Unless you got your things from a thrift shop. Hey, Shout out to my single. it's me, Macklemore. Oh, it's I know you Macklemore. said that up top. Yay, that's been me, Macklemore. <laughs> that's me, Macklemore, the white guy who won the Grammy. Over, was it over Kendrick? <laughs> over, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over, over one of the greatest, most persevering, long lasting, holds up rap albums of all time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they're like white rap fans who are like, fuck yeah, Macklemore? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> think were, yeah. I think there were old Grammy voters who were who were like, oh, Ryan Lewis is an accessible name. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, it's a donut place. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Speaking of famous people, a lot of people were first introduced to Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones and unintroduced to him or said goodbye to him and his character's uh, most memorable scene in which mm-hmm. he fights the mountain. We're all rooting for him. And the mountain gets a hold of that noggin, the hold of that melon. And get those uh, face eggs. Yeah. Get, take, take those face <laughs> eggs and uh, pops them with his thumbs. So he gouges his eyes out with his thumbs, uh, burned into my memory, my heart. Um, so it became. Did, were you fucked up when Oberyn Martell died? Like, did you think he had a chance to? I guess I did a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I think did I, as I was watching it. Yeah. I was like, he, I feel like that scene of that is how all of Succession felt all of the time. Yeah, where you're like, oh, he's got a chance. Oh, it's way worse than I thought it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> he might win oh my god not only has he lost but (laughs) oh it's gonna work out for her oh no 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 wow shit's really on a roll heading into this one i bet it's just gonna keep going like this but yeah i think they did a good job of just like getting you in the cadence of the show and like he was a hero and it felt like everything was heroic yeah yeah for sure it's both like a hard moment to watch and like wasn't fun at the time but also i think what made that show great is that oh, yeah. like no 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 this is how history happens like yeah. the guy that you're all hoping for just cuz uh, you like him doesn't like make him hero. invincible yeah right exactly. he felt a little more invincible too because he was outside of these major fa- he was like a cool guy who didn't care about the main fight yeah right. he just he sort gold. of was like and very yeah 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 but he's yeah. too happy yeah anyway so, so what were we and, talking about Yes. <laughs> that moment became so famous that uh, he has recreated on the red carpet of a Game of Thrones event oh, back right, in 2019. Right. He looks like he was a little drunk when he did that. Uh, just having a good time. Got his thumbs in his eyes and his tongue out. <laughs> he looks drunk as fuck. <laughs> it's like really he's like it. it's as if Game of Thrones did like a collaboration with the Budweiser frogs or like the Budweiser <laughs> was up guys because he's sort of like doing like weather. He looks. <laughs> I've never seen someone look more mid weather <laughs> in my life. Oh, um, Pedro. Anyways, uh, you know, good sport, uh, and in fact, such a good sport. Uh, he just revealed during a Hollywood Reporter actor roundtable that fans often wanted to take selfies recreating this scene with their thumbs right in his eyes. The gall. <laughs> like, that is so horrifying. That's so right? invasive. Um, <laughs> and even wilder than that. Uh, and I, I can't believe that one person came up with this request, let alone multiple people. Uh, maybe, maybe like the first person posted it on the gram and everyone was like, Ooh, I need, I need that on my wall. Um, but 
he uh, he let them do this. Like they go, hey, is it cool if we flick it up, Pedro? Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I put my <laughs> thumbs in your eyes like I'm gouging them out? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's what people ask people. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was pre-COVID times. I I hope um, <laughs> you know we post. didn't know how disgusting everyone was. But yeah, he let random strangers shove their disgusting thumbs into his eyes just to snap a picture because he was quote so happy about the success of the character in the show. But because people are gross and their hands weren't clean, he got a bit of an eye infection as a result. <laughs> So. It just cuts to like that Paul Rudd saying that's how you get pink eye situation. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think a similar thing uh, happened with Giancarlo Esposito where he let too many people singe off half of his face <laughs> for selfies right. to, to, to where now he has some irreparable scarring. Yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Like, Giancarlo, hey, do you mind if I I brought just, a bell? Just half of it. Yeah. <laughs> I brought a bell. Shout out to that bell. But yeah, I guess, I mean, it's kind of, it's funny because his, like, the lore of Pedro Pascal is like, he's like a nice guy. Like, everyone seems to say that he's like really cool and nice or whatever. But it's just funny. It's like, to the point that he will, like, let you rub your bacteria-laden fingertips all over his <laughs> ocular cavities. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just having a bit of an eye infection, which also sounds like him playing off something really horrific. Right. Yeah. Like, what just was it? Like, was it just yeah. worming its way out of his eyes in real time? It's, it was actually used as concept art for one of the, the zombies <laughs> in The Last of Us uh, right. because my eyes were so <laughs> fucking far gone. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of eye stuff with this guy. Anyways, a true hero who needs to work on his boundaries, I would say. And speaking of true heroes that need to work on their boundaries, Kyle, such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, I'm at Kyle Ayers on most things, A-Y-E-R-S. You can kind of, you know, find me across the Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter as much anymore. Feels a little different mm. on there. But Instagram and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I keep finding all these great blue checkmark accounts. Like a... Uh, Dude, yeah, you gotta just check yeah. the replies. You're gonna There's find like next gonna had learn five accounts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, good for her. Uh, yeah. yeah, you find me on there. And if uh, if you're around at Los Angeles or Kansas City, I'm running this show that I have. I'm starting called Hard to Say. I have a rare brain disease condition called trigeminal neuralgia. It's like a degenerative nerve disease, and I'm trying to make some fun jokes about a super rare degenerative brain nerve disease. So June 12th. Yeah in Los Angeles at the Lyric Hyperion and June 28th, if you're around Kansas City, at The Ship, which is a very cool, like, jazz music venue that I'm going to do. Anyways, so if you want to hear fun jokes about an already fun topic, this this <laughs> stuff just wrongs itself. So, yeah, you know, follow, follow me places. That's where you'll see about it. Yeah, go see him. And is there a work of media you've been enjoying? Um, I, haven't been, I haven't been on Twitter as much, but I got two tweets in here that I thought were really funny. One is from DJ RTISTIC. I don't know them, but they were in my. It says, LA gangster rap in the 90s was insane. They would diss the hell out of their enemies for two verses, then give you an eight bar saxophone solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I love. And then Jeremy Smiles was this other one I saw. This is about succession. So I, I you know, skip yeah, ahead 15 skip if you don't want to listen. It says, spoilers. Guy who thinks succession is about how Shiv is really cool and smart. They ruined it. They ruined literally the only female character on the show. And for what? A stupid twist. And then this is Guy who thinks Succession is about Kendall overcoming his fear of water. 
Uh, okay, first of all, that's it. <laughs> Man loves some water. Miles. Where can people find you? What is the work media you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, other app-based applications at Miles of Gray. Uh, you can also find me and Jack on our basketball podcast. No longer sad boosties. Back to mad boosties. Just got uh, mad Jack, Miles, Jack and mad boosties. Furious boosties. Furious boosties. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you like trash TV, check Sophie Alexander and I out on uh, 420 Day Fiance. Um, let's see. Let's see. Some tweets I like. The hype at the hype. It said me. So where am I supposed to sit? United Airlines. In the cargo hold, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think it's off a thread talking more about United Airlines. It's another one. It's United Airlines, time to check in for your flight. Me. Okay, cool. Let's do it. United Airlines. Would you like to select your seat? Me. Definitely. United Airlines. Too bad, LOL. And then it says, where am I supposed to sit in the cargo hold, you piece of shit? I just like the last part because as someone who flies United a lot, it does. Sometimes it's like, do I do I have do I have the ability to? Am I allowed this? here? No. <laughs> Are you mad that I'm on your plane? Are you mad at me? The person at the gate hissed at me. <laughs> Does seem like they just take turns being the bad one? Like and every airline. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's America. Yeah, right? But then right. who's the second worst airline? Although like a I feel like there, I know so many Delta stands though. I know a lot yeah. of Delta stands. But it didn't used to be that way, Mom. Delta wasn't. I, always, I know that's yeah. what all these people said. And people be like, "Yeah, United used to be good." I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, I just want to be able to sit by a window for not seventy five hundred dollars more. Kyle, is your? Did you say who competing for who's the second worst because yeah, of spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom tends to be the bottom in these situations. I'm a Royals yeah. fan, so I understand how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, Chalkin Smirk at Beanie Tuesday tweeted Robert Oppenheimer, hands clasped behind his back, standing in front of the newly completed atomic bomb. Now I am become death, destroyer of worlds. Another scientist who worked on the project. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist or at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website. DailyZeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes Footnotes. where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, is there a song that you think people might enjoy? Yeah, this is a a track called Let Go by Kyle McAvoy. Uh, Mick Jenkins. I think it's produced by Blockhead, which is one of my he's one of my favorite producers. If you like Aesop Rock, produce a lot of Aesop Rock stuff. Uh, and it kind of sounds like a dope, like a hip hop track, but for like the main menu of like a f- animated puzzle game, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I'm playing Bubble Bobble or something like that, but it's also <laughs> like a beat. And I'm like, wait, where, where are we going with this beat? Uh, but it's fun. It's called Let Go. So check this out. Kyle McAvoy, Mick Jenkins, Blockhead. There you go. Uh, well, you can find that in the footnote. The Daily Bro. Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning back this afternoon to tell you what is trending and we will talk to y'all then bye bye oh hi i'm rachel zoe and my podcast climbing in heels is back and better than ever you might know me from the rachel zoe project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts